What is going on, everybody? It is Mike. Welcome to Network Podcast. Very exciting time. I am joined today by my co-host, Holden DePardo. Holden, how are we doing? Hello. Hey, thanks very much, Holden. Doing well, doing well. Good, good. Glad to hear it. And special guest, friend of the show, we also have Daniel. Daniel, how you doing? <laughs> what up? How's it going? Good, good, good. good. Uh, so we are here talking about Mac hardware in yesterday's Apple event. Hopefully everyone on the internet can, let, uh, can see us <laughs> because YouTube was down just a few moments ago. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll keep going. So yesterday was Apple's uh, uh, one more thing announcement. And, and they kind of teased it, I guess, the one more thing. So right. yesterday was the announcement. And uh, I think that they delivered. But to cut, let's unpack it where really this was Apple's... Uh, introduction to the uh, to ARM-based processors for their existing lineup or subset of their lineup of computers. Namely, it is the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro 13-inch, and the Mac Mini. A lot to unpack there uh, in terms of pricing, performance, I guess expectations that people have walking into those computers because really, you know, they're no one really knows what it is. It could be an iPad with a screen or, you know, an iPad without a screen. It could be, I guess, much more. Uh, I guess maybe let's just start with the event itself and what Apple talked about in terms of uh, performance. So uh, Apple really had kind of generalized, I think, and I would say they even went so far to sidestep some of the traditional uh, benchmarks, right, towards other computers and how computer and how computers are measured. Um, I, I think that pe- a lot of people walked away with being confused by. You know what is this computer capable of? What does it hit? You know what are the what are the benchmarks? Is it yeah. one gigahertz? It, it a lot of things I think <laughs> left people confused and they maybe didn't do a necessarily good job of uh, delivering that message. But uh, Daniel Holden, is what are your thoughts on the event itself and and that message? The the way that they <laughs> the way that they marketed it, it was very like marketing speak. Um, yeah. Like the graph that they used is like. How, the X and Y axes aren't like labeled, and it's just like traditional uh, <laughs> Windows laptop. Uh, and yeah. It's like our M1 chip, and it's like, okay, what, can you give us me like give us more data than that? Or and then on top of that, there was also I forget uh, the exact number, but it was something like um, X times more powerful than the leading Windows laptop, and we're over here like, which laptop is that? Yeah. Like, is that the XPS 13? <laughs> yeah. Is that the Windows, or like, you know, one of the Windows Surface line? Like, which laptop is that? Uh, it's like, like a cardboard box with a gerbil powering it. It's faster than that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's, and so it's super confusing as to, like, you know, their benchmarks are just comparing it to, to like, the most, uh, the, whatever the, the best-selling Windows laptop is, which I don't know what that is. Uh, and I, for like, from what I've heard before this, and hopefully what we'll see after people running tests on the thing, um, this for all intents and purposes should be a beast of a chip, um, mm-hmm. yes. for what it does. Right. Because if we look at, um, for those folks, I'm sure everyone who listens to this is in the know, but for those of you that aren't, um, if you look at what, um, Apple was doing with an arm based chip, in the iPad Pros, the iPad Pros were often competing with or out-competing some of the MacBook Pros, which is wild. It's insane. Yeah. With no cooling, a smaller processor, yada, yada. Um, so these and should... And higher resolutions and uh, frames per second on the screen as well. Like, Right, right. Yeah, so these, a lot more these going should on. Like, blow Intel out of the water. And we should probably also talk about how... Intel really screwed the pooch on their deal with (laughs) Apple by just not, you know, they got, I guess, I guess a bit too corporate and a bit too, uh, I don't know, lackadaisical. I really don't know what it is. I don't know much about why Intel hasn't been keeping up. Um, But yeah, these, these chips are going to blow Intel out of the water despite all this really weird marketing in the Apple event. Very Apple of them though, (laughs) the way that they did it. Yeah, hold it. yeah, I I agree. Um, like I, I think we can all agree that the processors themselves are very impressive, very powerful. They're going to perform very well for anyone who buys one of those machines for a consumer purpose. Uh, I think for me, what was really odd about the event is how technic how technical heavy it was for an Apple event. You usually just kind of say it's five times faster, something like that. 
but the first 20 minutes of this whole event was them going into like watts um was it um performance per watt or something like that like they're talking yeah. about some very technical measurements from like they're talking a lot more about features rather than the benefit to the consumer which is kind of the inverse of what they usually do is they usually (laughs) talk about the benefit and then not really tell you the technical stuff behind the scenes as much because it's not as consumer friendly or whatever um so that that was really odd uh to me um and again like i think the process is very uh, impressive i think there's just a lot of build up to this event to really ultimately just show the same computers we've already had no design refresh no kind of it's just the chip is added to these machines and that's kind of it um so i thought that was that was an interesting move like i feel like a lot of this they could have talked about at wwdc and i felt like having three separate events in the course of two months this could have been incorporated in those other two events very very easily especially since especially since like the this these products these new macs are coming out the same week as homepod mini and iphone 12 Pro Max and 12 Mini, which were announced at the last event. So I feel like they could have bundled it all up, having a separate event, calling it one more thing. I think had a lot of lead up for me, just to again just see new Macs with or the same Macs with a new processor, and that's basically it. But again, the processors yeah. are very very important in Apple's history. I think like that's still important to mention. It's a good. This is an interesting journey that's going to it's an interesting journey to see play out. I'm just not certain that it was the most confident step forward that I would have wanted to have seen. Sure. Yeah. I think that the the part where it probably wasn't all certainly flushed out at WWDC nor did they probably want to go ahead and talk about it and get everyone that competitive advantage of having 6 months of of lead time and what Apple was doing. So I think that's probably the part where that's really about the preparation, and I walked away like you. You know, there is a little bit of you know you, we wanted to see something new, something a little bit more snazzy, so to speak, right? In terms of design, in mm-hmm. terms of, of the product itself. But maybe I guess you know, in thinking through this, you know, they they really didn't. Um, other than the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which I think there is an argument to be to had whether or not that is really a, a pro machine uh, but they didn't come out with a mac mini that was really beefed up they they you know they nixed the two uh, um, sorry thunderbolt 3 ports the mm-hmm. they nixed the 10 gig ethernet boards there's a lot of things that they just didn't do um, and whether that is by design or by some type of limitation that is inherent in the architecture i guess who knows right that's the thing you know apple doesn't necessarily i would assume the latter Right, yeah, 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 I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. But I, that's, again, they're not really telling us. So what the hell are we going to know? And they said this is to be a family of chips. So like, I guess the right. M1X or whatever it's going to be called can that can handle <laughs> two additional Thunderbolt ports. We'll find out next year. They're, I guess they're going to have like more than two iterations of the chip, right? So I'm wondering, are they going to have to do double letters or like double numbers? I'm wondering how this is going to go. <laughs> the so, M M1. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the M1XS. <laughs> um, so my, my hypothesis is that the M is for mobile, and we might see like a D, like a you know the D1 for desktop. Um, oh, interesting. I like that. Um, that just seems kind of appropriate based on you know where they're at. Um, because even though like the Mini is a, is technically a desktop, it's not really like it's not going to output the kind of performance you'd get from an iMac or a Mac Pro. That they could still put the mobile chip in there. Yeah, that that makes sense. You're correct, yeah. Mike, I hope I hope you're right, but then like the one in the AirPods is like a W chip, which I guess is wireless, but I don't know. It's still there's a lot of ones that don't make sense. So I think <laughs> I think that AirPods are the H ones now for headphones. Oh, okay. There you go. And they probably just optimize them. I mean, if you um, you know maybe the M chips are optimized for mobile, right, or for certain levels of performance. Um, who knows? I guess you know H is for headphones, W is for wireless whatever right <laughs> so yeah. many letters of the alphabet to use <laughs> yeah they have like what 20 left right there you go <laughs> no but part of why i think it's um that the m1 is limited to two thunderbolt 4 now um or usb 4 thunderbolt 4? i forget which one it is sorry but it's um, usb c style connector but with the processing or the uh speed capacity of thunderbolt 4 it's it's yeah it's weird there we go. 4. So, 
But the the reason I think that it's it, it you know we're seeing the Mac Mini with the two ports is um, because the chip is uh, limited to it, and on top of it, something that I thought was wild and is very Apple is that unlike a lot of CPUs we see in desktops or just in computers in general and computing in general, the RAM is is integrated, not just the GPU integrated into the the chip, but the RAM is integrated into the chip, and then they have a separate little like neural engine. Uh, integrated into the chip, but the RAM being integrated into the chip is the most frustratingly Apple move in the world. <laughs> in the world, because I mean, I'm hoping this won't be the case. But when they implement these in something like uh, you know an iMac, which traditionally you can replace the RAM on, it will not be replaceable, which has very much been the trend for Apple products. <laughs> yeah, and what does this mean for a Mac Pro eventually too? Like they had right. this whole modular Mac Pro they just released, right? And I, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm hoping that it stays that way, and then the the you know whatever the chip is, the Apple Silicon chip is for the Mac Pro, if it ever comes to that, uh, would just be a CPU because that's all you really would want in that case. It would have to be. It would have to be. Right. Right. I don't know, and that's why. So like this, the you know you see it in the lower end. MacBook Pro 13 inch with two Thunderbolt ports, which I think is a crime, but Holden correctly pointed out that the Mac mini is a higher crime <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think just slapping that 13 inch MacBook Pro with the label Pro and two ports is the crime. <laughs> well, I was, when I first saw that, I was under the impression that the MacBook Pro already had four, so I thought they took two away from it as well, but I guess they've. That's been the standard for the twelve ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine MacBook Pro for a while. Yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like I think I agree with you though. If they're calling it a Pro machine, you should be able to plug in more than two things. Yeah, well, or like have more options because you know you have all these dongle expanders that everyone uses for everything now. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the chip. What's on the chip is fascinating to me. I guess them throwing like a little neural engine on there isn't as fascinating as the RAM portion. Now the question is, when we see this inevitably put into the larger MacBook Pros with the dedicated GPUs, um, are they going to do integrated or are they going to do dedicated? Um, I'm hoping and thinking they do dedicated. And just whatever chips in those MacBook Pros be uh, you know, CPU and RAM um, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that there's, um, you know, back to the 13-inch MacBook Pro, I think it was just last year, if I'm not mistaken, they refreshed uh, the upper end. So there's really two different MacBook Pro models that they offer. There's a 13-inch kind of mm-hmm. low tier, which was... Uh, very simple. Yeah, very <laughs> simple. But I think that only had two Thunderbolt ports, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah. It did, yeah. The 1299 and 1499 both had two. And then the upper tier had four Thunderbolt ports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the configurations are pretty... I, maybe not static, but pretty simple to say the least, right? You're only getting eight cores, you know, eight cores of CPU performance, which is the four high efficiency and the four um, power efficient, uh, and then the right. seven or eight cores of GPU. But to Daniel's point, you know, the RAM thing is pretty frustrating, or at least it appears to be frustrating at the out, you know, looking from an outsider looking in. There's probably a good chance, like iOS, they're doing some kind of weird black magic memory management thing where they, you know, it's not necessarily, um, you know, the paradigm that we think about when when it comes to computing isn't necessarily as important or maybe not relevant for, you know, RAM or however the uh, the unit operates. So I think that will be interesting to see when these units start shipping. Yeah, for sure. Do you yeah. think that the fifteen inch, the fifteen inch um, MacBook Pro is are they the GPU? You think? Or are they going to integrate it? I I think that they would integrate it. I mean, really? So, um, yeah. So it seems like their their entire approach is to um, build an entire system of you know integrate all the different. Uh, the subsystems that they have there between the GPU, CPU, the right. contr- uh, all the different controllers, uh, the security controllers, and the T2 chip, put them on a single board where that unified they have that unified memory and get you know squeeze out or wring out all the efficiencies. And mm-hmm. by allowing people to integrate uh, either a, a third party GPU like an eGPU, I was I didn't realize that you couldn't use an eGPU till after I've already ordered mine, but. Um, 
I think you'll lose out on the efficiencies of having that integrated GPU or, you know, if you have your own RAM, um, who knows? I guess I, I do think it would be integrated. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be integrated too, just because like said, there's a family of products and I think they're going to basically just have a particular integrated system that's more tailored for a graphics performance as well. That would be yeah. beneficial in a, in a pro level machine. That's what I kind of imagine would happen. Like maybe that will start at a standard 16 gigabytes of RAM going to the memory conversation as well and expand up to 32 and 64 gigabytes of RAM. Um, I, I kind of feel like that's they, they, first of all, they have to do that because there's no way they can put the M1 chip in the MacBook Pro 15 inch no. or 16, whatever it's going to be. There's just no way they could get away with that. Um, so there's going to have to be something else. But I think that Daniel and, and uh, the whole, you know, Mac Pro conversation that that to me is the big question because I feel like in a machine like that you have to be able to offer the the future expandability of saying you know a new graphics card yeah. came out that meets my needs I want to put this in my machine and I just I, I can't see them making a pro machine to that kind of consumer and have everything be integrated I I, I can't foresee that it does, that doesn't make any sense to me yeah yeah it doesn't yeah for it doesn't sure make sense. for sure for sure. Yeah, to that I don't. I'm I'm totally unsure. Like it would be, <laughs> it would be very very bad idea to <laughs> phase out the Mac Pro as a product, um, and that would I don't think they would do that. But um, or at least the, I don't at least know. The Intel version, I don't right? It, it right. I mean, like, it. well, and like the Intel version. I mean, like yes and no. I could see. I could see some form of, I mean, cause like, you know, you have all the x86 programs that you have to start, um, you know, rewriting or converting some way, shape or form to a different architecture. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. It's the thing is with that, like there's a lot of these, for instance, I am not the level of pro that a lot of the people who use Mac pros are. I don't work in a like a video studio, but, um, I work in graphic design. And so I have the Adobe programs and the Adobe programs aren't going to be available on this new architecture until like early next year, which for Adobe means potentially later (laughs) (laughs) might take a while. So yeah, I mean, to your point, yeah. Switching from Intel to these new ones is probably not a good idea for their super pro, you know, like Pixar level folks that are buying the Mac pros. That said, um, Apple's been really on their game about switching things over, and I think that's that's potentially in the cards. But I think what isn't is is what Holden was saying, where like you want to be able to take advantage of the latest like graphics cards and stuff like that. Um, it gets to the point where even in the Mac Pro, I don't think that dedicated RAM would be like strategically a good idea. Although maybe it is to to Mike's point about how um, integrated RAM in the in the iPhone, you know kind of works seamlessly with the with the operating system when they can control the hardware and the software all in one. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard. I'm sure they're having these conversations even more in depth in Apple, but um, it's really hard to see the future of the Mac Pro. I don't know if now is a good time to talk about my Hackintosh, but um, sure. <laughs> I guess I might as well. <laughs> Uh, for those of you that don't know what that means, a Hackintosh is when you build a PC that, um, you know, you, you put it in a traditional like PC tower. You don't have to, you can put it in an old Apple case if you're that much of a hard ass like I was in 2013 when I first started. But, um, basically you're using PC parts and running Mac on them and you have to, you know, use a whitelist parts that will work. Um, you could use parts that won't work, but you have to jump through way more hoops and basically you're running Mac on a PC, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, and the only reason that works is because we can buy third party, all the parts that go into making a Mac, you know, I can buy a GPU, I can buy, um, I can buy the, the CPU from Intel and then the motherboard, there's a few like patches that you put into the operating system and then everything just works. But this very much puts into jeopardy the whole Hackintosh community. Um, as long as there is a Mac Pro with the option of Intel, then you know the Hackintosh community is alive. But if they decide to exclusively make Mac Pros with Apple Silicon chips, then we are very much screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what people are. I mean, there's probably a, a number of, I mean, there's, a, there's obviously a number of people that it's, that are in the Hackintosh community and that are not just, um, you know, they're extremely passionate about what they do because it really gives people, I think, a, a creative outlet where they don't necessarily have today with Apple hardware. We assume, you know, at this point that there's probably, a you know, two years, two to three years at least of a hardware transition. Then you have to think about support after that. So I think, Daniel, at least, you know, you probably, I mean, probably have at least three or four years. Hopefully. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But the question is like, <laughs> long term, what's going to happen? Like, like short to medium term, we're good. But... <laughs> Long term, it's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Also for right to repair as well, because I know that's something that's important yep. to you, Daniel. That yep. brings a lot of that stuff into question as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole thing I can go off about. But <laughs> <laughs> I can see just the time. upset on your face right now. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, let us know how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Latino. You know, I can't help but you know express myself through my face. In my hands, but uh, <laughs> 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 ah, ah. yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it puts it puts this whole thing potentially in jeopardy, depending on what happens. This all hinges on what they choose to do with the Mac Pro. Everything else in the line, they could change to Apple Silicon, and if the Mac Pro still has the option of either Intel or AMD or whoever third party obtainable, then Hackintoshing is good. But the other it, highly speculative you know, thing that could happen is that the the type of chip that has, you know, uh, CPU, GPU, like we already have integrated chips like that, and then incorporating RAM on the chip, like maybe that is something that starts to become adopted by other companies like Intel, and that that could lead to an avenue for the Hackintosh community. I mean, who? That, I guess that it, it's much, it requires a lot more things to happen than just the Mac Pro situation, yeah. but I mean, I guess that's possible too. You know. Yeah, and to be fair, it yeah. uh, like I shouldn't say it'll be dead, dead because one of the ways to do a hackintosh is to literally just you do a, a Linux VM, like yeah, and you can yeah. at that point you can just run Mac on literally any hardware, like with a Ryzen uh, CPU or whatever you want. It just requires a few, you know, a little bit more elbow grease and a little more knowledge. But um, yeah, when it's it comes like to running as well, either right, and it, yeah, it, it's it's a pain in the ass, but. When it comes to running natively on your hardware with just a few little patches, uh, we might be screwed. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so I th I thought that there was something where um, where they announced at a WWDC about running hardware on sorry running macOS on different hardware platforms, and that they were going to continue to support that. Uh, I have to find the article because I'm not don't think I'm remembering it correctly. Oh, that'd be good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe back to the conversation around the hardware. So it, it does seem that there is at least some uh, level of worry in the community regarding, you know, what is this even capable of? What are we doing here in terms of mm. performance? Mm -hmm. And how is this going to manifest? Um, other than the two Thunderbolt ports, which I think give people a lot of anxiety, uh, <laughs> there is the fact, yeah, I think there's the fact that, you know, the integrated RAM, which we already talked about, and then the fact that it doesn't support eGPUs, like there's no support for external GPUs, which kind of, mm. I think, you know, you take a group of individuals that were, you know, thinking about using this computer in their existing setup, like I was, uh, and you are left without anything to really do. I, I'm really interested yeah. in learning in learning how the new Mac is going to work. I guess I wanted to use it as I think about using the Mac mini as something to stream from. Um, hmm. And that's what, uh, but I guess who knows? It's, it's kind of a, it's a long road ahead, I think. <laughs> well, to, to the point on the eGPU yeah. thing. Um, and so like, I'm with you on, this is not for me, these products generally. Um, part of that is the two port thing. Um, and the other part of it is kind of the uncertainty for me of knowing whether or not Adobe will be able to run their software on that in the near future. But um, to your point about the, or to what we were talking about earlier about the, like potentially this chip has hardware limitations and that's why it has two ports. That is probably why it, yeah. it can't run an eGPU and future chips, whatever they call it, the M1X or, you know, whatever naming convention it is, I imagine those will have the throughput and the capability for, I mean, I would at least hope 
more Thunderbolt ports and an eGPU and all that stuff. Yeah, because I can see an eGPU being much more of a you know prosumer or pro level um, buyer yes. option. I, I can't imagine someone buying a MacBook Air is like, all right, I got my MacBook Air. Thank God I have my eGPU support for my MacBook Air. Right. Probably not. Not I can't imagine there's a person out there like that. Ultimately, I think the MacBook Air of these computers is it makes the most sense because no one is buying a MacBook yep. Air to do things outside of the context of where an M1 I think is very appropriate. Uh, yep. I think the main question is just the Mac Pro and the, the Mac Mini, and especially with the Mac Mini because. Going back to the whole RAM conversation, allowing 64 gigabytes of RAM in a Mac Mini before and being able to increase the processor, you could actually make that into something of a reasonable workstation if you were yeah. doing something more advanced. And I mm. feel like that option's cut out now. But again, we mm. haven't seen what these are capable of yet. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing. We haven't too. seen what they're capable of. I'm really curious as to what, like the benchmarks because by all accounts, at least you know before the event, from what everyone was saying, these things are going to blow Intel's performance out of the water. And so yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll, that that remains to be seen. But if that's true, I think um, something like a Maybe not the two port um, 13 inch, but you know something like the lower end 15 inch that has four ports. Um, you know, might be like really powerful for a lot of folks, even if it does have an integrated GPU into the CPU and you know, or into the chip and doesn't have a dedicated GPU. It might be so powerful that you know it works for a lot of like a majority of you know professionals. But so, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't the like A12 or the A13, wasn't that already, I guess, either meeting or exceeding the performance of the, I guess, the higher tier MacBook Pros last year in terms of multiple Yeah, I think so. It yeah, was, like, yeah. And, you know, there, I, I read something today where it's it's the you know, the MacBook Air is basically the iPad uh, in a clamshell. And then there's the... <laughs> There's the Mac Mini, which is the iPad without a screen. Uh, then the, right. um, but right. it's it's re- yeah, it's really interesting. With I guess if they're really able to pull off the uh, the the amount of power and the efficiency at uh, I guess at the wattage that they're hitting or they're supposedly hitting. I mean, it's really going to be a big win because when you think about the battery life and how the battery life basically doubled on on the two devices. That's pretty impressive. And if you're a, uh, a normal person, those are the things that you really care about, right? Like, how long do I have to... Totally. Can I, yes, totally. That's, all, that's yeah. what matters. Uh, and yeah. maybe that, that's who they're going for, and it's not the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's also something that factors into, like, what people want in phones. I mean, probably more so in phones than in laptops, although I guess both a lot <laughs> people want. It's just longer life. But yeah, that's the thing that this these chips, um, these chipsets offer, right? They could have gone, um, you know, they could have gone just pure performance. But what's interesting is these these chips, because of how low wattage uh, they run, which again, the, the event they went off about this, but um, you know, the, the watts that it draws, the thing lasts much longer, especially I think it was the MacBook Pro battery seemed wild in terms of how long it lasted versus the air if i'm not mistaken i think it was something hours, like yeah yeah it was like 16 versus 20 right something like that yeah something like that yes yeah, yeah. Insane. But, uh, 20 hours and you, you're right. not even awake that many hours in the day most likely <laughs> correct or you shouldn't be <laughs> you shouldn't be yeah i think that the analogy that i came to was you could fly from miami to tokyo and watch video the entire time and you're you're you know you still have battery on your macbook Right, uh, that's how long it lasts for video playback, which is, you know, just the uh, it's it's pretty impressive. It's it, wild, indeed, the case. It's wild. Yeah. Yes, that's wild. I'll watch into the Spider Verse like five times. Let's go. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Uh, be great if you yeah, no, it's, it that it's way. crazy. You can watch into the Spider Verse five times on one battery, one charge of MacBook Air. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone's as weird as me, and love. I, that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, but. It's a good movie. Yeah, Very good movie. It is a good movie. It's, it's so really good. good movie. It's so good. Um, it's easily my favorite hero and animated movie of the recent past. Um, but yeah, the the performance, or in terms of like efficiency on the thing, is insane. But also like from what they've told us about the performance, and um, you know from what the the all the um, 
all the talking heads have been saying about the performance, we should see something wild there as well. I'm hoping all this is confirmed um, when you know it gets into the hands of people and they run tests and whatnot. Um, Mike, you ordered one. Are you going to be doing tests? Uh, I did order a, a Mac Mini and a Mac a 13-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, I, I was my plan was to keep the Mini, right? Because that's what I'm really interested in. Uh, the MacBook mm. Pro was really just to to toy with. Uh, I don't believe I was going to keep it. But now, and I I purchased both of those with the assumption that I would be able to use my eGPU. So now <laughs> knowing. Uh, now knowing what I do and what everyone else knows, uh, I don't know if I'll be even keeping the Mac mini unless the performance is just mind blowingly, uh, mind blowingly right. good. Yeah. So I don't know, uh, to Holden's, I think, oh, I'm sorry, Daniel, did, were you finished or did you have something else you want to ask? Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't want to cut you off. Um, no, you're good. so to Holden's comment earlier about how you can use the Mac mini as kind of uh, put it like in a cluster in, in a, you know, uh, using it in like a render farm. Those are things that are really interesting with the Mac mini that you could do before with the old Intel chips. And I don't know if it's possible with the new chips, but that's, you know, mm. those are the things that I want to be able to expand on and see whether uh, what's actually feasible in terms of performance. Cause that's one of the things that you know I would, whoops, I would care about. Would the architecture going from Intel to this prevent you from doing server stuff? I have no idea. Uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? Would the, would the architecture switching from x86 to whatever this new standard is? Um, I don't think so. Would, would that impede server stuff now? I, I don't think so. I think they should have to, whether or not the, the computer mm -hmm. is... I think most of it is abstracted out of the application, whether or not the computers can still like, mm. negotiate and have that communication between one another. That's probably still possible. Um, but okay. what happened? Um, so I'm 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 almost positive that on a on a network cluster, either you're using Ethernet or you're using um, Thunderbolt. So you know, on the new Mac Mini, it's down to one gig uh, Ethernet, and there's the Thunderbolt. Uh, it does have Thunderbolt, so maybe that's how the communication is working. I don't know. What did it have before? Uh, it had, uh, it did have Thunderbolt, but it had 10 gig Ethernet. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That's a significant drop off. It is. Again, the chip, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's too bad. Maybe they'll bring How the XServe back. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? So maybe they'll bring the XServe back. Yes, maybe. If anyone even knows what that is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember it. But yeah, so for anyone who does, it was a server stack made by Apple and it was extremely yeah. expensive and I don't think they sold many of them. No. They yeah, they did not sell many of them. Um <laughs> so XServe, but they they like the this is gonna be funny. The whole thing about uh you know, Mac OS server, they still they still sell that for like I think forty bucks in the App Store. Right. And mm -hmm. it's still uh not rated very well, maybe to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on. So what is interesting, if you look at the pricing of the new of the new Macs or the ARM-based Macs, they're coming in significantly cheaper, uh, you, know, you know, from 100 bucks, I think, to up to $300 different than the Intel-based Macs. So it's almost like there's a, right. a uh, my friend Steve called it an Intel tax that they're passing on to the yeah. consumer uh, in <laughs> yeah. terms of price breaks, uh, you know, it just makes the things more accessible to everyone that's looking for a computer. Eight ninety nine for education is a good steal, a good deal. Not a mm -hmm. good steal. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. On that topic, have been pushing my mom to do that deal because my mom's a teacher and her old MacBook has been, you know, crapping out. And I was like, if you're going to get one, wait until the Apple Silicon chips drop. And that way, you're kind of future-proofing your situation. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm, that is interesting. Um, yeah, I think one thing that's nice about this, actually, I guess this has not really ever been a problem on the Macs, but just longevity of having, like, if you buy a computer right now, how long it's going to last you and still running well? Because iPhones, mm -hmm. I feel like every year they just keep say keep saying, "Oh, we're just going to keep last all the models from last year are going to stay," and it seems like the life cycle of an iPhone expands every year. Um, but I guess that hasn't really been mm -hmm. a problem on Macs before. You can still have like a 2012 MacBook and it still runs. Yeah. It just yeah. runs. In Actually, what is the limit on Big Sur? So I guess not really been a, been a problem, but I guess maybe it'll be even better now because they've already been really good at that. So just longevity wise, this could be a good thing too. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm thinking about is like, again, Apple products have aged really well in general. But to mm-hmm. your point, I think the you know the products that have the integrated chips on them, the the iOS products, have aged probably better than Macs do, generally speaking, or at least MacBooks. I'm not sure what that looks like on an iMac, but yeah, I think I think this will because to Mike's point earlier of having you know the RAM and the GPU and the CPU all integrated onto one chip really helps with um, you know like in-house control of all the hardware because it's their hardware. <laughs> it's way easier to control than trying to do um, you know control for Intel's problems. You know, there's there's um, I don't want to say a rumor, but people are posturing that. Um, Posturing is not the right word. People are asserting, <laughs> there we go, that um, that the reason that Intel in these new, uh, you know, the newer MacBook Pro models, when were those new ones? Were they 2017 or 2016? I forget. But uh, one so of the two. They, so they, they did, sorry, they did the redesign in 2016. And then they, there you go. To, the, to the new new body style. And then I think they have, yeah. uh, they were just refreshed again a year ago, maybe. Right. So the, the new body style in the 2016, the new chassis, those um, apparently, if I remember correctly, Intel a few, like a decade ago, had promised like, hey, we're going to have these like super efficient uh, chips. <laughs> and Apple had built the chassis around that chip, planning for the thermals for that chip. Mm-hmm. And that like a lot of the thermal problems in this new, this new chassis from 2016 <laughs> is because Intel just really screwed the pooch on, you know, they underestimated or overestimated, whatever. They didn't properly estimate when they were going to have the technology that they promised, and they still haven't had that technology that they promised like six I years later. that. Because yeah. that was a mess when the, those new pros came out. Right. And so, like, a lot of the, like, thermal issues with Intel's is because Apple designed the chassis around what Intel promised would be, you know, they would be capable of, and they were not capable of it. Intel's in a tight spot right now. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. the, the company's not in the line by any means. They're, they're a huge company. But, I mean, if you think about Apple switching over, they don't really have a whole lot going on in terms of phones. And yeah. AMD and the Ryzen chips are extremely competitive. Yeah. That, they're really being squeezed. Like, what is going on over there? They still haven't broken yeah. 7 nanometers. It's, right. it's There's problems. Right. I think that was what... I'm, I was talking about, I'm not sure if it was seven nanometers or whatever they promised, but they promised some sort of, you know, new chip that was going to be smaller and cooler. And then they kind of screwed Apple on that. It's yeah. literally not. It's like the opposite. It's like the same size and hotter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks, Intel. I guess yeah. we're going to make our own chips now. Yeah. Well, every time they like this is eleven times faster than it was before. I'm like, that's just the that's really Intel falling behind more than Apple <laughs> being yeah. so far yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, one of the things that they that they mentioned during the, the stream was that all three machines can run the internal display resolution at max. You know, uh, on the on the display, in addition mm. to a 6K display, which the mm. XDR display. So if you think about that, that's actually kind of mind blowing that the uh, that the fanless MacBook Air can push a 6K display. That's wild. That's, it is it, wild. Do you have any pictures that's of wild. this? Yeah. I was laughing at that clip though, where they're showing a six thousand dollar monitor with a seven hundred dollar Mac Mini connected to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, get the get the hell out of here. Who's doing that? <laughs> Exactly. Nobody, yeah. No one's doing that. But Nobody. I mean, for marketing purposes, they're, they're going to show their display over anyone else's. But I right. just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Let's save money in the MacBook and go way overkill on this display. Yeah. The Apple, the Apple employees <laughs> that are testing the product at Apple HQ are doing that. No one else is doing that. <laughs> Literally no one. But that, that, you, you brought up something that I totally forgot about, that the, the Air doesn't have a fan, which is wild. Does the... Is the is the pro that they're delivering have a fan? I wonder. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the the MacBook Air is passive cooling, right? Uh, the the um, the Mac Mini and the MacBook Pro are active cooling. Okay. Didn't they have? Didn't the the 2015 MacBook not have a fan? Uh, it did have a fan, and it did. Okay. It, no, sorry, it did not have a fan. You were correct. Okay. Uh, it did not have a fan, but it it certainly didn't push. 
I don't think it, there was a retina display in that, was there? There was, but it was not very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's not nearly as powerful as this. No. And it, it, it might have like one Thunderbolt port or one, <laughs> one or two USB Oh, God, ports. the one port. It was, yeah, it was the one Thunderbolt. It was well, just USB-C. Oh, right. man. Yeah. Right. Bad. That was rough. Right. So I'm I, charging. Now what? <laughs> yeah. I have to like switch cables out or use a dongle. Adapter. That makes no sense. Oh, I used to have one and I would record the podcast off of it. So I'd have my mic plugged into it. It's like, all right, our time limit is the battery of my Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's super funny. Like I have four more minutes, four more minutes until, the, until my computer yeah. dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a great point there, but I, we need to, we need to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the low battery go. notification. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I guess other than that, right. You have, uh, I mean, so you, we talked about, the, we talked about the specs, which I think they're impressive. Uh, we, we talked about the pricing. The pricing is very aggressive. Um, Either one of you, I guess, at this point, uh, considering, would you, I guess, would you consider looking at it? But there's, you know, there's a whole point about buying it, which is something different. But would, is this something that you would even consider putting into your workflow, into how you would it fit for what you're doing? I think, Daniel, you already went into that in terms of, you know, what you do as a graphic designer. But Holden, what about you? Um, probably not. I think the form factor of the mini is tempting for me, but I don't know how the RAM is going to be an issue. I don't know what this is going to look like for kind of heavier yeah. end tasks. I mean, I, I shouldn't say heavier end tasks because it can do like four 4K streams in Final Cut, which is really impressive. Yeah. Um, it's really impressive, but like the whole two Thunderbolt ports, you know, that could be a problem. I'm kind of thinking about how I'm going to use a computer in the next few years. I want to kind of dabble in making right. some games. So I don't want, I don't need anything super powerful because I mean, I'm not making, you know, you know, Call of Duty or that kind of level game, obviously. <laughs> so I don't need anything too crazy. Um, but I, I am kind of thinking about getting a MacBook Pro and what that next MacBook Pro is going to look like. Um, right now, though, I have a 2017 uh, MacBook Pro 15 inch. It runs great. It's going to run great for the next several years. Yeah. So I'm not in a position to really need one right now. Yep. So it doesn't like I'm not too worried about it. I'm just kind of more like it's just more thinking about the Apple um, the Apple chips and the future of those chips in the Mac. It's just kind of more of an interesting conversation for me right now, but I don't think I'm going to get one anytime soon. Yeah, you know, I, I think that you know, I, I have a, a a notebook computer, and it like never leaves my desk, like hardly ever. I, I and part of it is because I have so many things plugged into it, and it's a pain to unplug everything, <laughs> uh, especially if you use Thunderbolt, because um, like the, the GPU controller, if you if you unplug it just randomly, it says it freaks out and it spazzes. Um, mm. But I don't know if I even necessarily need a ma- uh, a notebook computer with what I can do on the iPad now. And that's, I mean, that's something to definitely consider yeah. as, mm-hmm. you know, these first round and your first generation, the second generation of computers uh, come out. Maybe, I mean, maybe it will change the way that people use their computer, period. And they won't necessarily need uh, to have these notebooks or they can choose something else that's, that's possible. Mm-hmm. That's something I'd be considering. That, that's where I find getting myself. an iMac. Go ahead, sorry, Daniel. I was just saying, that's where I find myself, is like, I don't know if, like, the thing with the way that the Adobe suite has been executed on iPad thus far is um, not, it's pretty crap. I don't know, the, mm-hmm. yeah. the I'm not a fan of Photoshop on iPad. And, like, the workflow for, like, say, photography, um, there's no good replacement for my workflow in photography, uh, you know, because I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm running Lightroom Classic now they call it on desktop with um you know a dedicated hard drive for photography and like that workflow is really weird on an iPad right now um but I could probably like shoehorn photography and what's weird is like design work on the iPad is in this weird space where you you know Adobe has a near monopoly on a lot of the programs that we use you know you have the holy trinity of Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign. And um, there is a company that, uh, you know, has a replacement for all three that is available on, um, two of the three are available on iPad. And, um, you know, the other, the, the third one is available. Yeah, Affinity. So there's Affinity Publisher, 
which is the InDesign competitor, Affinity Photo, which is the Photoshop competitor, and Affinity Designer, which is the Illustrator competitor. They're great programs. I've When they were on sale, I bought them. I have not taken the time to learn them because learning them takes a lot of time. And I yeah. already know Adobe programs. Um, at some point, I will probably jump ship from Adobe. Um, but something that would galvanize me doing that and learning the other programs is making the commitment to do my mobile photo editing and design and whatever other, you know, whether it's like podcast editing or video editing or whatever on an iPad. Yeah. Um, and I have not done that yet. And it's really hard to make that decision when I know what I know and I don't want to take the time to learn new things as much as I aspirationally (laughs) might when I bought them. I'm like, oh, I want to learn these programs. Nope. It's been like six months. I haven't learned anything. (laughs) You know, that's so funny. (sighs) I don't know. I'm in that, I'm in that situation. I'm like, okay, do we see, do we sit and wait to see how the MacBook pros with four ports and the M whatever or whatever Apple Silicon chip they throw in there does, or do I try to switch to iPad and new programs? I don't know. (laughs) I'm, I'm very, I don't know on this one. Hmm. You know, while, uh, while Daniel was talking, I did look up compatibility for uh, Big Sur and it, it stops at 2013 on the MacBook Air. Mid 2013 is the first uh, computer. That's good life for a yeah. computer. Yeah. I mean, it's seven years old. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. And also like you can run the older operating systems for a couple extra years if you need to. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because the person who has a 2013 computer is probably not like, ah, oh, damn, I can't run Big Sur this year. I'm really bummed. Right. They probably don't care. <laughs> they right. probably don't care. You're absolutely right. You know, yeah. I, I just replaced um, or I helped my dad pick out a new iMac in August. So he had a Mac Mini that he had since 2010. So basically, it's 10 years old. And the only reason that uh, he w- upgraded, I'm like, you know, you're not you're no longer getting software upgrades. If you don't want to pay for your computer that's totally fine, but I, I'm not going to be responsible for helping you with your features if something doesn't work because I'm not going to learn uh, or have to try to remember how things work on a 10-year-old computer. Like I could right. even I could even do um, screen sharing with them. Like that stopped working mm. completely where I couldn't do that, uh, which is unfortunate. But I, I you're yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as as a child, the one thing that you have to leverage over your parents is your time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, look, man, I'm not going to waste my time on this stuff. So you're going to have to upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, if you don't want to go ahead and get a phone, that's fine. But listen, I'm not going to call someone else. Call Apple or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Let's see here. I'm just looking. Um, Holden or uh, Daniel, anything else that we want to talk about in terms of the upgrades, the new Macs? No. No. I'm just excited to see what happens in the next few years and, and yep. kind of how this shapes up, how the, yeah. the line expands. And I think the big question, at least um, I have now, is is the Mac Pro and what the Mac Pro is going to look like because yep. the goals of the most recent Mac Pro, which was seemed to be a long-term vision when they introduced it, seems antithetical to what their chip design uh, vision yeah. is going to, to mean. Right. So we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you know, uh, if you're aware of this, but so with the new Mac pros that just came out when you, when they first came out, you weren't allowed uh, to, I guess, integrate an external or a third party SSD. And it didn't come out for a, like actually like six months or eight months after launch where they basically gave you a toolkit, a software toolkit, where they allowed you to go ahead and integrate because it's all done on the uh, the T2 software controller or the T2 controller. Oh. Now they actually allow you to, who knows, they could take that same approach with higher-end computers because obviously pros have different needs than mom and pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And I say mom and pop like the average consumer. Right. Um, yeah. Oh. So who knows? Hold on. And even the MacBook Pro, or sorry, even the Mac Pro, okay, I guess to take that another step, what does the iMac Pro look like, right? Or the, the iMac mm-hmm. yeah. as a computer? Um, and because that those are two computers where you would always have user accessible RAM on them. I mean, we mm-hmm. haven't seen the user accessible user accessible RAM on a MacBook Pro for a, since 2012. I don't think. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's 
certainly too bad. Also, I just kind of, in a more like superficial note, I, I want them to redesign some of these products. Like, not so much the MacBook Pro. I think that's probably time's come for that. It's been about almost five years when you're thinking about next year. But man, refresh the iMac design. It has looked like yeah. that since 2008. I mean, it's gotten thinner, but it's the same thing. And I would like yeah. to see this really sleek, like edge-to-edge iMac. That'd be insane. I want that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, um, agreed. It, it's 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 a nice computer. I was just looking at the oh, yeah. uh, power. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I just said oh yeah. I was agreeing with you. I was just looking at the, the power requirements for the new MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. They actually are shipping with the same size adapters. So. Where the MacBook Pro, the 16-inch, they get a, they get a bigger adapter. They've had a bigger adapter, I think, two years in a row. They're still shipping with a 30 and a 60 for the new uh, ARM-based or the Apple Silicon-based Macs, which is interesting, right? Interesting. And they're and they're yeah. supposedly capable of more higher performance at lower power. Uh, lower pot- power. That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. Uh, Anything else that you guys want to add today? Uh, no, no. Other than uh, make sure everyone at home to laud your technological prowess over your parents, like Mike did. Um, <laughs> we should all be doing that. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, no, no. That's totally fine. He, he, he actually texted me a few minutes ago. He's like, Mike, I have a question. I'm like, I'm doing something. <laughs> but that's, yeah, wait. Uh, <laughs> we all have parents. We get it. We know how it is. Yeah. My dad's an IT, thank God. <laughs> I'll go to him for questions. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's that's super nice. Yeah, that is that's very convenient. Um, Holden, help everyone understand where they can find you uh, outside of this podcast. I am on Twitter at Holden Depardo. I am also on a video game podcast called Respawn Aim Fire, which on Twitter is at Respawn Aim Fire. We stream on Twitch every uh, Sunday night at 8 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, and then uh, episodes release Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Awesome. Thank you, Holden. And Daniel, let the audience know where they what can up? find you at. Yeah, um, this tag down here. Hold on. Uh, uh, <laughs> wherever it is, TequilaCast. Um, the podcast has been like on hiatus for a while, but uh, I'm contemplating bringing you back um, in the near future. But I have started streaming on Twitch. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah, if you want to see me play Strategy games, go there. In what, like, what's the strategy game that you're playing? Um, there's so mostly the strategy games I play are the Paradox games. Um, so Europa Universalis and then um, Stellaris are the two that I'm utterly obsessed with. Oh, cool! It, what's your what's your handle on Twitch? It's the same thing, Tech Kilo. Oh, okay, cool. All right, Daniel. Well, thank you very much, Holden, Daniel, both of you. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. YouTube, thank you for the very invite. much. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace.